Okay, so it might let's, honestly. Let's talk a little bit about the fact that why we're here, right? Yeah. So we Jordan and I were having dinner recently. Yeah. And a friend of ours, a good mutual friend of ours, had said, you know, you sure do ask a lot of questions. <laughs> and my wife said, that's just like Brandon. <laughs> and then Jordan said, well, wouldn't you know, my nickname growing up was Questions. <laughs> True. I heard that a lot growing up. And then the very next day, your friend Casey well, I, here had posted something. Well, before that, I had joked once uh, Kaylee said that, I said, we should start a podcast That's true. called Questions. Yep. And that's crazy. You know, then the next day, well, then also just to for context, about a week before we had that dinner, uh, Casey and I, we we kind of have calls, you mm-hmm. know, every few months just to check in on it's like one a board another. meeting. You know, we yeah. do a job, we make the phone sex. Phone <laughs> sex. Yeah, and it was sort of like the first call of, of the new year. And and what are you excited about? What are you focused on? What you know? What's inspiring you right now? And he had mentioned one wanting to do more podcast content. So Casey's already got a, a very well established podcast. Yep, five uh, years in the game. Yeah, five <laughs> years in the game. Um, but also, uh, he had acquired a bunch of really fantastic IG handles that were would sort of provoke uh, inspiration in in various ways. And yep. you can maybe talk about what yeah. some of them are. And but he didn't tell me what they were. I had no idea what they were. So then we have dinner like five days later or whatever it was. Then the next morning, and this is a terrible habit of mine, but the first thing I do when I wake up and I know it's awful is I grab my phone. And I just look at my messages and, you know, whatever. So I, <laughs> I grab my phone and I open up Instagram. And the first story I opened that day was Casey's story, which was like a, one of those Instagrams where it tags two accounts. And it was from at questions. It's incredible. I mean, that's that's pretty wild. It is crazy how that happened like that, because mm-hmm. that was like the first time I posted that as well ever like oh I yeah had, at questions i had no idea what i wanted to do with it i just acquired it and the fact that you guys were having that conversation that before literally the insane. night before yeah it was so weird like i had an outer body experience and then immediately i called you i was like no i remember no I, you I sent me I sent a, you, you, right? you sent me a text with a screenshot of it you're like you'll never believe what just happened <laughs> yeah my buddy casey just posted this yeah and then you had interest and then yeah. and then i called you i was like, I was like well let's we gotta like do this ha- and also at the same out. time this space was coming to, you know that, available. oh yeah that's the th- and you're building a podcast I telling, studio. yeah i was telling you i was like i got this recording studio but like we're building it so that we can really shoot content and out of there and podcasts would be yeah. a thrill. we should do a podcast we yeah should do it out of there and then the next day so very it's crazy. That's very, how it all came to and, be. And by the like, I too, just for context, I was looking at so many different usernames. I just find them interesting. I've been on, you know, social media has been a huge part of my career. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, had my podcast for five years. I've asked thousands of questions and getting the handle, I had no clue what I wanted to do with it, why I was getting it. And mm-hmm. I ended up getting it. And I'm like, oh, here we go. It's publicly posting at questions. And, you know, I, I would say that that doesn't really happen often where you post something like, a domain and there's opportunities come from that and it, yeah. it's pretty really, really, well you really found a good one yeah all the sure. ones i buy are like chihuahua <laughs> <B-B-Wax.com>. <laughs> <laughs> just you know. oh my god and what's in i mean what were some of the other ones that you, you had because there was like a dozen or so right yeah it, it was like this this the past like two three months I, i'm always just looking at different things from a social perspective there's like at listener which same thing like i ask questions and i'm a listener that's what i do in the podcasting world and listener now turned into this podcast ai tool that i'm building which is interesting and then i have at acquisition which 
the reason I got that was I had uh, my company got acquired last year and I was like, oh, fascinated with acquisitions and learning the process. And I ended up getting that. Then I have at branding, uh, at manifestation, just a handful. Just of a bunch ones. of them. Yeah, a but, bunch of them. But it just so happened that out of the dozen or so that you got, you posted from at questions yeah. that day. And that yeah. was the first one I'd seen you post. First time I ever posted on it. So it was a, it was a very serendipitous sort of thing. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And then and, we. And, and now we, here uh, we are. Yeah. Yeah. And now here we are. Ready to what do you, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> got any questions? You got oh any questions? Um, yeah. So, but, well, we did we did talk a little bit about what we wanted to chat about today because we were we've been talking on the phone obviously and can, kind of yeah. conceptualizing what it is that we want to do, and a lot of it would be basically you know bringing people along on a journey of us not just talking to to guests and professionals that have a lot of uh, that we have a lot of questions for. Um, but also just bringing some insight into their lives, bringing our own personal experiences with whatever it is that we're dealing with and in the hopes that somebody might gain some little minuscule uh, yeah. thing that could make them yeah. a better person in our search to become better better humans ourselves. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think the thing we all share, which made, made this make a lot of sense, is we're all just gen genuinely very curious people. Yes, yeah. and, absolutely. And I think it's more about... I, I, I mean maybe we're geniuses in very very narrow ways but generally speaking we're, we're just curious people who want to learn more about kind of a broad set of topics yep. and this is sort of a, a great format to to do that yeah. I, I think what would be interesting just for the people to know i'm i know we've talked about this before but how we all know each other outside of you know you guys knew each other then jordan you and i knew each other now we are having a podcast i'd i'd love to know how did you guys initially meet so we met filming a, a show in Nashville. Yeah. And as soon as we met, we kind of like hit it off. Um, we had a couple ice cream dates. We did have <laughs> ice cream dates, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Um, but and some tequila, That's uh, right. you know, days. Um, but yeah, we were in Nashville shooting a, a TV show. Am I allowed to talk about it? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about it. Well, it, 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 it's called. It's called Banded, and there'll be there'll be, uh, but it's a, a musicians competition show. So it was like five bands, uh, sort of like American Idol style. I was a judge. Brandon mm -hmm. was a host, mm -hmm. and uh, and yeah, we spent like a, a month or six weeks in Nashville just hanging out, and and we kind of hit it off. And then you and I know each other uh, through a very good friend of mine, Jason. Yep. Um, and yeah, and I've been on your podcast once, I yeah. think, and yep. and uh, and yeah, we just kind of hit it off, just you know. Uh, also one of your good friends, Kieran has helped out on my business and Absolutely. yeah, so we have a lot of sort of mutual connections too. Yeah. Also with, uh, Frankie and, and, uh, so Jacqueline many. and yeah. yeah, there's a lot of connections there. So I'm hoping that this will get me a slot on his podcast one day. <laughs> oh yeah. Well. Oh yeah. <laughs> Done. Done. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're making it happen. Yeah. yeah. So, so here we are. We all, you know, so I helped connect the dots and, and, um, yeah. One thing too, to I think chat. just on the idea, like before we dive into like, the topic, what we want to talk about today um, this idea of questions, I always think about it because, you know, it's, it's one thing to ask somebody questions and be curious, but I, I listened to a podcast recently by Rick Rubin. He just launched his podcast yesterday. Oh, no way. And, yeah. And I forget who he had on the, the podcast, the first episode Oh, Phil Jackson. Yeah. And wow. he said, you know, I always tried to he was kind of talking about the origin of the podcast, which we're doing right now, talking about the origin of our podcast. And he's like, you know, I, I know all these cool people. We're always talking, but you'd be surprised that unless you sit down and talk to someone and have a format where you're asking them questions, like you cannot learn 
so much about people that you spend so much time with. Yeah. And like true, sitting true. down in a setting and asking questions and going deep. I think that's something that is going to be super interesting and exciting for all of us to get to know you better. Like there's so many things I don't know yeah. about you and vice versa. And also with different future guests on the show. So I think there's the questions to ask the guests. There's questions to ask yourself for the viewers, for the listeners. And I think just the idea of what makes, you know, questions is ask great questions. You get great answers. And that's what we're hopefully yeah. here to do. And that makes yes. a lot of sense because, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel in your lives, but I, I, as somebody who asks a lot of questions, a lot of my friends find that can be annoying. You know, a lot of people don't want to answer questions or they don't want to open up or they don't want to um, dig into ideas. And I always find my favorite conversations are ones where you just like go down a rabbit hole of, you know, digging yeah. into ideas. And, mm -hmm. you know, even if there's no personal application for them, um, just that that I that act of curiosity, I find very fulfilling I've, in my life. So. I very much enjoy asking people questions, questions that they don't often get asked. Yeah, you know? uh, I, I, I love that. Yep. I more really want to see somebody's humanity revealed in front of me, no matter who it is. Right. It, Do you it, find people are uncomfortable when you, sometimes when you ask them initially or they don't have answers? Maybe they're they've never thought about it. Yeah. Or they're just not used to in that quickly of a in, in that quick of a timeline to like yeah. get to th something that's like so deep, like a divorce they're going through or the death in a family or whatever. Right. And like. That's yeah. that's to me, that's where the human is mm. in the other person that I'm dealing with. It's not in like, oh, we've had a lot of rain, haven't we? Yeah. How'd your household up? Well, it'll look pretty good. And did that. I mean, that's fine. And I don't I don't I don't I don't mind having conversations like that. But like if it's a new person and somebody yeah. that I'm interested in and somebody that I want to get to know, uh, I, I, I really want to you want to dig. I yeah. want to dig. Yeah. I want to know what they're working on that day, what they think will make them a better person that day, what they're struggling with, what they're carrying that day when they woke up and in the shower in the morning and they gave that like <sighs> breath, you know, yeah. of like, God, I'm, I got to let this go or whatever it is. I want to know what those things are. Mm -hmm. The question that I ask everybody who I'm interested in when I first meet them is like, what inspires you? What is your dream? I mm -hmm. always ask that question. And it's remarkable how, so few people have a good answer for that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's like, in my experience, anecdotally, is five percent right. ha have a yeah. legitimate answer for what's your dream. And in your field, that's a you know, you you deal with people a lot that really should have a very good answer for that. You know, I mean, yeah. you, oh, an artist yeah. comes into your studio and they're like, "What do you want to say to the world?" Oh, well, uh, I just want to make good music. You know, <laughs> you, yeah. you better have a good answer. I yeah. mean, you know, who are, who are you? Who are you? Yeah. yeah. What do you want to say? Why All right. You got, care? you know, you've got one minute. I got this great beat and it's, two, you know, two minutes and 20 seconds. What are you going to say? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what cool. do you want to say? That's a, and a you as a thing. musician, you know, it, being honest, opening up, being honest about yourself, it requires a lot of self-reflection that requires a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've really appreciated, you know, since Rick Rubin released his book, you know, all the little yeah. shorts and stuff like that that I've seen on. Um, I'm just getting into, into his book now. No, it's it's great. I mean, it's very and that's his whole thing is the only way to be a true artist is to get your get to know yourself intimately and then live that true self unapologetically. Mm -hmm. Essentially, he says it in a lot of different ways, but that's pretty much what it is, you know, uh, not filtering your artistic expression through. Uh, the filter of will people like this or will it be commercial or will it right. is it is it like this other track or I want to do what this artist is doing it's 
it's yeah. really just getting to know what is like you at your deepest core people will receive that as something that is unique because we are all unique and we all have a unique voice and a unique expression and we've got these 12 notes and 26 letters um, that we can kind of combine in all these different ways without really without rules and uh, so that's that's the thing I think people gravitate to mostly in music you know the things that really yeah. cut through are things that are truly unique yeah but it's interesting as somebody who creates music mm -hmm. we should maybe all talk about our, our backgrounds briefly but um, you know it's so easy to get caught in the trap of making something because you think it will be popular or oh, you yeah, think yeah. it will be successful. Um, and also making music is a struggle. It's just not, it, it is naturally a struggle. <laughs> There's so few people who can make a living and a career out of it. Uh, so, I, you know, it's, I think it's natural to want to try to do something that you think will enable you to perpetuate that yes. career to continue it. But then you get into, it's like a double-edged sword. You get into this, this trap of, uh, making things that are inauthentic and you're right. I, I think as fans, we know when it's feels real and we know when it feels yeah. put on for sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. You're so. right. And the, the best thing you can do, I mean, the pinnacle is to create something that's so unique and artistic that it gains commercial success because of Bingo. its yeah. artistry. Yeah. Not and because it's got that great beat. Not to say that, I mean, you know, great a good beats beat are fine, works. But it works. But it, does it last? Exactly. Right. I, I'm as someone that's not in music. Obviously, you guys both are. What do you think are some of the questions that artists don't ask themselves enough? I, I'm just curious. Like hearing that, right? It's it's easy to say like, am I putting this out because of I want to go viral? Am I putting this out because it means, you know, it means a lot to me? Like, what are questions that you don't think people ask themselves enough in the music business? I don't I don't know about uh, necessarily questions, but I think most artists want to look cool. And looking cool is ignoring often your reality. And so I feel like, because making music is kind of cool. It is a cool thing mm -hmm. to do. But when you dig into your actual life, it's not always that cool. And there's dark sides of it. And I think a lot of artists don't necessarily want to want to open up in those ways. They don't want to expose themselves in those ways. And I don't think it's necessarily just an artist thing. I think it's a, yeah. a human thing. Like we were we were just saying, some people don't, they want to have those surface conversations. Oh, what's the weather like? How was the traffic getting here? All the, you know, all the, the, the bullshit stuff. And yep. very few people want to open up, like truly, you know, open up and, yeah. and uh, expose it's, themselves. I love when you said that, by the way, because I think a lot of, for people that don't know, I've had my podcast for five years. I've done hundreds of interviews. Some of the most fulfilling relationships in my life have come from people being on the show where you skip all of that. It's not... You know, someone's on your show and you're asking them how the weather sure. is. You're like, what have you struggled with? What are your biggest breakthroughs? What are you dealing with? What are you building? What are you inspired about? And then coming out of that quick 40-minute conversation, you would know so much about that person and the, and the depth of the relationship is much beyond just, you know, bumping into someone at an event and yeah. know them and go, the casual people that you probably don't build depth. They're not focused in yeah. those settings. In so a I love when you said that because I yeah. completely agree. Well, it's, yeah, we talked about this a little bit maybe on the phone or something, but that was one of the things that I actually liked about some, the time that I've been on reality TV is that you have these producers that are kind of forcing you to talk about issues that you normally wouldn't talk about as a family, right? Yeah. Which is nice. So it's not kind of like this, uh, you know, encouraged <laughs> therapy, right? Yeah. And um, For everyone to see. 
for yeah well yeah. Th- i mean there's you know listen, listen you got to find silver linings somewhere <laughs> but that's like music right yeah M- well, music the idea is you want everyone to hear it but are you willing to open up and and show the darkest sides yeah yeah i mean i've seen great things I, there's this one woman on uh, instagram who's a songwriter she said i want you to write a paragraph and a paragraph that nobody would read meaning that this mm-hmm. is totally for yourself and you, nobody's going to read this you don't want it, you're going to burn it right after and now when you're done writing this thing that you don't want anybody to read highlight the things that are the most embarrassing and then put that in a song mm. you know great that, idea it's a great wow. thing right great i mean that's idea. and and that's the thing i mean you, you say what are the questions that an artist should be asking themselves they should obviously ask themselves why they're doing it and it's totally okay if you just want to be on stage and be adored by a, you know million you know, thousands of people. It's totally yeah. fine. It's a legitimate reason. But if you're the artist that that um, wants to do something a little bit more meaningful and and really improve other people's lives, you have to ask yourself, what can I say to the world that nobody else can say? Because of my experiences, because of the experiences that I've had in my life, what is unique about my perspective and how can I as vulnerably and honestly share that with the world in the hopes that other people might um, find some kind of connection and solace? Yeah, I love that. And the irony is that when you put it out, there's actually millions of people who share that same experience. (laughs) Absolutely. And then they, they really feel it and they connect to it. Absolutely. And that's why we admire, you know, people that are able to do that because a lot of us lack the courage. I say us because I feel that way often when I'm writing music, too, is that we lack the courage. You know, it's just a human thing. We lack the courage to be totally um, vulnerable and honest. And so when when you hear somebody do that, it's really admirable. And that's why we put those people on, you know, pedestals. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of vulnerability and shared experiences i know we have some topics that we want to dive into today that i think everyone has dealt with and it has experienced throughout mm-hmm. life brandon you want to you know yeah. tell us about what you recently sure. went through that led sure. to these topics let me do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. well so yeah so my my story is that um uh i'll spare you the the details around my my wife having a really scary moment with our son where um, there was a, th- a throttle stuck wide open on one of our vehicles, and it was a very scary experience. And so I went through that that day, that was last Monday. And then that evening, um, our son, who was also with her in this you know, horrific event, was sleeping in bed with us um, just so we could keep a close eye on him. And, and I, uh, that night I started to get real sick. I was like, oh, man, I got COVID. I got to go and get in the other room. So I went in the other room, and I spent a couple of days just, like, sleeping, you know, as you do when you're so sick that you can't even watch TV. And it was a... Of, of the first time in a while, you know, in weeks or months that I kind of had a few days where I could slow down, you know, and just kind of like go, you got nothing to do today, but just get better. Right. <laughs> and that's very rare for me, especially with three kids. And, yeah. Um, so I was laying there kind of in and out of sleep. And that's when a lot of ideas come to mind. Actually, I, I write a lot of music in that state where I'm like kind of half sleeping or I'm just about to fall asleep and I'm in the studio and I'm in a dream. And then I force myself to get up and voice memo it. And that's how a lot of the, the music that, you know, I've been, been recording recently has come. And in that moment, I thought to myself, there are things that just really aren't serving me in my life. What are the things now that I feel so shitty and you're just laying there and you're like going through all the stuff about like, how terrible you feel for somebody that must that feels like this all the time with some kind of chronic disease or yeah. something right like it's yeah. it's an awful experience when you have your health you have it all it doesn't matter 
you know, all the other luxuries that we have in life really don't matter if you don't have your health. And um, I'm laying there with a hallucinating fever, kind of thinking to myself, like, um, what are the things in my life that just really aren't serving me, you know? And you have that time to kind of filter out your, it's almost like a, a retreat where you're silent yeah. for a while and you get a chance to really reflect on yourself. And for some weird reason, this list of five things came to mind for me. And I think they apply to other people. And the things are caffeine, alcohol, uh, marijuana, uh, um, what's the other, porn, and sugar. And I came up with a little acronym, CAMPS, so I can remember. So caffeine, alcohol, marijuana, porn, sugar. And marijuana I used to smoke a lot when I was a fucking kid. Me Mike, too. Mike, we, we <laughs> talked a little bit about that. So yep. for me, we'll get into that one. You know, we could start at the top at, at C, but um, I haven't smoked marijuana in a long time, but I know that there's a lot of people out there that do. And for yeah. some reason, this this felt like these five things are things that um, that often people use as recreational things, but there's a lot of people out there that are using one or more or all chronically. Mm-hmm. and As a dependency. Yeah, or just... I mean, whether or not you're really addicted to marijuana or caffeine or porn, whether whether or not it's actually like a, an addiction, it doesn't matter. It just using it. What does it do to you and your life force if you are using these things often, right? Right. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about those things, and I and I wanted to dive deeper and learn a little bit about what your guys' experiences with those things are. And how, whether or not you agree that, that some of them are either things that are serving you or not serving you in your life. Yeah, I think it's a great. Start at the top. Start at the top. Caffeine. Caffeine. Oh, well, this one's, this one's my. It's uh, a tough one. It's this is an easy one for me. This one. Let's, go ahead. No, it's, it's the hardest one. And oh, this let me, is the easiest one for let me. Let me tell you like a, a couple things, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, let me please. tell you just a couple things about caffeine, like in, you know, before we get into personal experiences. Um, Pure uh, caffeine in its in its raw form is like a powder. It's like a crystallized powder. It probably looks like MS, MSG or something like that. And one tablespoon of it is enough to be a lethal dose. Wow. Um, wow. And it, uh, what, what caffeine does is block the adenosine receptors. It looks a lot like adenosine, which is a chemical in our brains and in our bodies that tells us that we're very sleepy. It builds up over time. So when you wake up in the morning, your adenosine levels are pretty low because you've been sleeping. And then as you go through the day, they get really high. It's also one of the things that contributes to our circadian rhythm. So if you pull an all-nighter, you know how you, f- like, the next morning around 11 a.m., you're like, I'm kind of okay. Like, I might be able to pull this off. But yeah. then in the afternoon, <laughs> you're like, hit the wall. Done. Yeah. It's because the adenosine levels also do kind of go with this circadian rhythm. You, you, That's the thing that has kind of created this rhythm in your body. Yeah. So they will naturally kind of deplete in that morning, even if you haven't slept. Um, and then they're going to ramp up in the afternoon. So that's part of the reason why. So caffeine looks a lot like a, in adenis- a, a, like the chemical adenosine, and so it blocks the receptors in your brain. So basically it allows that to build up in your body. It gives you a high because now none of that adenosine is actually getting into your system, so you feel like you're not sleepy. Um, but then once that wears off, once the half-life, you know, and, and the caffeine starts to break down, you now get a big rush of adenosine, and that's what creates a um a crash right um it accelerates uh bone loss in postmenopausal women that's one thing that i um, had read um 
it it has there's a big correlation between caffeine and anxiety disorders with people so people that have anxiety or are prone to panic attacks caffeine makes it a lot worse so like the the like one of the worst things you can do is be on Xanax and be drinking coffee. You know, like you're somebody right, who's yeah. prescribed Xanax. It, yeah. They're just like, it's a, it's a terrible thing for you to <laughs> right. be doing. Right. Okay. And you probably wouldn't even need the Xanax if you just fucking quit the caffeine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if you just quit the Starbucks thing. Yeah. Right. Um, it, and also this one really kind of jumped out at me. Um, studies in rats have shown that it may permanently alter the brain's excitability. So you're, so you're less excitable. Yes. If you drink a lot of, or if you have a if lot you've of been using it for a long time, got it. Then it you've now your brain has become dependent on releasing serotonin. You know all the the chemical kind of things that happen when you drink coffee and the way it makes you feel good and it does all this stuff. That without it, you can actually have a difficulty exciting your brain, hmm. meaning exciting your body, feeling passionate about things, feeling like you want to go for that run, feeling like you you know all those things. It yeah. could actually permanently deplete your your brain's ability to be become excitable which i thought was pretty interesting yeah, yeah. and then wow, of course really the good. the anxiety thing i was thinking I, I couldn't help but think about these young kids because it talks a, a little bit about how um uh, younger kids are far more susceptible to developing anxiety and i mean i see like you know 12 year olds walking with this big ass ice blended just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm going Crazy. like, dude, I mean, walking across the street with their friends, like, man, I'm just yeah. drinking a, you Starbucks. know, oh, yeah, four shots. Yeah. It's and the cool thing. thing. And they have no, yeah. I mean, but but it really is like, fortunately, that's not it's not caffeine and coffee was not something that I started drinking until I was a, an adult. But like I, uh, that it's it's kind of freaky. Yeah. For young so do you guys yeah. drink coffee yourself currently? So since or, or use caffeine since I was sick. I haven't been. I had, I had, I'm, I, and right now I'm in this really scary window where I had like, you know, 10 days of drinking no caffeine at all. Mm. And now I'm feeling good. I'm feeling back to myself. And honestly, I feel like a little bit of that, like the excitable thing where like I'm, I, I feel like I'm a little bit numb unless I'm like, I want to go and get my like little matcha. I was drinking matcha before okay. I got yeah. sick and I stopped. Got I actually it. had one yesterday and it didn't, it, you know, it's it's that thing. It's like it's like not smoking weed for a long time, and then you get stoned. You're like, wait, I don't really like this. But then, you know, a few hours later, you're like, I want to do it again, though. Yeah, <laughs> it's it kind yeah. of is like that, you know. Yeah, for me. So so I'm I'm weaned off of caffeine right now, and I tried yesterday to kind of use it in like a moderate way, and but I'm more inspired now to just like really yeah. be off of it. Does does caffeine affect you in a positive way, in your opinion? Or like, what does it do to you that makes you come back to it? Because I, I'll say, I drink. A, I, I usually drink two cups of coffee a day. Mm -hmm. Like, it's been something I've been doing more recently that I know I should take a break. But I don't look at it as a negative thing, nor does it make me feel negative. And I'm curious, like, what it does to you. And then I, I'd love to explain. No, it's that. A great. Obviously, people are different. They even yeah. did studies. I read that, that they took twins, like different types of twins, and they basically, like, you know, did studies on the way that caffeine affects them. And <clears throat> twins that are identical, or they have a different word for it, but I think that's what they mean, that share the same genes, it, caffeine affects them the same way, whereas twins that have some genetic differences, they get, uh, caffeine affects them differently. So it is different for people, right? We do feel, yeah. feel the effects, or it does shape our personality in different ways. Um, yes, I would say that caffeine 
I love it. Like I love the feeling <laughs> of getting right here. I love the feeling of feeling like hyper focused on something. <laughs> right. So and I think that's kind of what it does. It gives me energy yep. and it makes me like um, feel like I'm getting a lot done. Um, I also think that a lot of that is a, is, is an illusion. Yeah. I, I really do. I think a lot of that is an illusion. I think that we think that we're getting a lot of stuff done because we have, it's like somebody that smokes meth, you know, and uses like, there's a lot of really functional meth heads out there. No, but there are. There's Caffeine like, heads are a little like meth heads. I yeah. guarantee you there are some like functional meth heads yeah. out there that have been using it for decades probably. And yeah. they've got like the most incredible model planes in their house, right? right. Or something like right. that, right? Like, yeah. but So you love caffeine for the, 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 how it makes you feel productive, let's say. I do. Yeah, I do. And I don't. I remember being young and experimenting with caffeine like overloading on it like college okay when i was in college i remember being probably your age and like being like oh i'm gonna make a cup of coffee people drink this right and like an instant cup of coffee and just being on the floor like oh my god like shaking like (laughs) this is awful i feel terrible so was that when you started drinking coffee in college no i I probably still didn't even drink it then because i just i was like i I don't like this i don't like the way it makes me feel so i'll say i've never had even a sip of coffee in my entire life. You're seriously joking. here, right here, no, brother. No, no, we're not. <laughs> wow. I have Wait, never that, had see, a this is why sip he's so of coffee. You know, successful he was, he was and holding that one in. And all that well, stuff. I was, I was letting, I wanted to hear <laughs> you, that your guys' in. thoughts on it. But you and love Red Bull. No, no. I, I don't drink. Wait, never. I don't had drink coffee or caffeine. Just coffee. I mean, I've, I've had so growing up. You can't up, avoid. caffeine growing up, like. You know, when you're eight years old, you go to McDonald's, get a Happy Meal, you're going to get a Coke, yeah. right? Um, I But now in my life, if actually for the last probably 15 years, I don't drink soda, I don't drink tea, I don't drink coffee. If I have a Red Bull, it's so rare and it's never by itself. It's if I'm out having a drink, I'm like, and I haven't had a vodka Red Bull in, in probably three years. I'm right. on tequila wow. now. But yeah, so I, I basically get no caffeine. Um I, I, it'd be interesting to see. I have an identical twin as well, uh, but he also doesn't drink caffeine. So I, there, I, I don't know what the. I think you had an identical there. twin. I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Identical, identical twin. twin. Why did yeah. I not know yeah. that? What? I don't know. This is what <laughs> this is what questions is about. We, no, we, if he gets dig. busy and we need a replacement. Yeah, no, this for is great. Him, to know. It'll be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, 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 it's very useful for us. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So um, no coffee. No. Yeah. No coffee. No caffeine at all. And. Um, for me, I mean, I've tr- I've tried to psychoanalyze, like, why have I never drank coffee? All my friends drink coffee. Everyone yeah. drinks it. I don't like the smell of it. And I I think the reason why is when I was younger, uh, I went to a high school that was somewhat far, actually from eighth grade, uh, I went to a school that was like somewhat far away. And so I had to wake up early in the morning and take a public transit bus to school. So I'd have, I'd be up at like six 30 in the morning. And when you're, you know, 12 years old or 13 years old, waking up at six 30 in the morning, you're like, uh, you're just, you're completely dead. Um, and the first smell that I would smell in the morning would be my, the pot of coffee that my mom put on for herself. Right. And I think I, I created a, a negative uh, sort of connotation to coffee yeah. in my brain of having to w- that feeling of waking up and feeling miserable and smelling that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as I got older, like seeing, you know, people who drink too much coffee, like, you know, especially like coffee and cigarettes. I've also never smoked a cigarette in my life either. Um, 
but that like you know the bad breath the teeth the all that stuff i was like nah, i want no parts of that wow just never really needed it all i drink is water and wow. i'm pretty wired most of the time so i don't know yeah your energy i mean you don't yeah. need it <laughs> I, we don't need it yeah. that's yeah. the thing is like we really don't need it but maybe that's yeah. because i i maybe my energy is higher because i've never really exposed myself to caffeine in that way probably yeah. i do know in my experiments with coffee and with caffeine that when i go for a long period of time and i mean it like it takes a month i've even said it takes three months wow. to get back to feeling like oh my god i am so much better off now than i was when i was having that afternoon pick me up coffee mm, right like way better energy level wise like i can just you know i feel like doing push-ups in any waking hour <laughs> like i got all this energy i feel passionate i feel all that stuff it takes a while yeah i really think it does and i and i do believe i, I mean at least in my life the people that have gone through their lives that are like oh i've never had coffee most of the time those people have like great energy yeah they just I, do i agree we they just do right yeah. here. like yourself <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. And, and I have no desire either. Like, you know, when I'm out at, you know, you go out to a nice restaurant and at the end they're like, do you want an espresso, whatever, you know, you kind of want to participate, but I'm just like, no, nah, just give me that chocolate water. dessert. Yeah. No tea. Sugar, sugar is my, sugar is my fix. Yeah. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I have wow. a, I have a sweet tooth. Although I'm no, getting well, we'll pretty, get to that. That's yeah, last. No, that, yeah. And I'll, like my last point on coffee is I feel like I do need to take a break because I don't drink coffee. This is what I tell myself. Maybe I'm lying to myself. I say, you know, I'm not addicted to it. If I take a couple of days off, which I have done, which is rare. Is that filled with coffee right now? It was like up to here. This is coffee though. Yeah. But it's I, a big coffee, bro. <laughs> one cup. It's just. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I usually wake up. The first thing I do is I, I make a cup of coffee. I drink my water and then I drink coffee while I read a book for usually like 45 minutes. And it just is more of like a part of the routine and I enjoy it. Like I enjoy black coffee, just the flavor of it. I don't add any sugar. I don't add any sweeteners. Like I don't do it for that reason. And I just enjoy it. Like even like I could switch it to decaf and I think it would still be good for me. Are you a connoisseur? Are you like, cause I'm a, I love, I'm, I'm I love a foodie. the pour over. My friend has a large coffee company. I'm like, I, I've been to Costa Rica and to a coffee plantation yeah. and I, I enjoy the thing. art of the nuances coffee. of different. Yes. Yeah, I love the smell sure. of weed, but you don't <laughs> see me smoking it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, you know, we can love these things yeah. that aren't good for you, uh, you know, totally. or aren't serving us in the best ways. Yeah. yeah. I have something for you, by the way, cause I finally in, I've also found something that has really replaced coffee in a, in a wonderful way my wife coffee drinker every morning for a long 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 time and finally through seeing me i was like i could talk to her about it all i want would never convince anything but like her seeing me quit caffeine and kind of getting back to this place of like high level energy and all that stuff inspired her to try to quit she won't touch the stuff i mean she wow. looks at the back of of you know, like ingredients is on, on ingredients on all these different like, you know, protein shakes, stuff like that to make sure that they're not spiking it with anything. Because she's like, I do not I cannot touch it. I don't wow. touch the caffeine. How long has she been off? Six months, maybe. Something oh, like wow. That. Yeah. Dude, great job. Yeah. I mean, what? done. And, she's and just like, I'm done. You said I have something for you. Is that oh, it's we this. Can talk uh, about? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's a um, we discovered it uh, because of my buddy that doesn't drink coffee. And he was like, oh, try this stuff called Rasa. And it's like Rasa. adaptogenic tea. Basically, it's a, uh, you know, mushrooms and um, chicory and all these things mm. that, that don't have any caffeine in it. Um, and uh, you French press it, which is great. Wow. You know, so you put it in the French press we had it this yeah. morning. 
Nice. Uh, I'd love to give it a try. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And it gives you that that ritual, right? Yeah. Because I yeah. I know what you mean. I love the ritual too. It's like yeah. we love to my wife used we used to like make coffee at the time and go sit out and, you know, sip it yeah. and look at the sunrise and all that stuff. It's fantastic. It's nice to have a warm beverage like that yeah. in the morning. Yeah. But there's other options. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. So l- let's talk about alcohol. Number 2. Alcohol. What did you What did you learn about alcohol? Well, it is a depre- <laughs> it's a depressant. I mean, that's like the first thing you see on Wikipedia. This is all very, you know, Broad, yeah, surfacey yeah, very, yeah. Uh, Surface research, stuff. you know. Yeah. Um, We're not scientists here. We're just curious. Right. Uh, but it is a depressant. Hugh, uh, the World Health Organization ranks it as the highest risk group carcinogen and that they say that no amount is safe. No amount. No amount. Right. Squamous well. cell carcinoma of the esophagus Tonsil cancer and breast cancer are the leading causes, like the leading cancers that you would develop from drinking alcohol. Interesting. Which is very interesting because also, you know, I've been trying to, I've been trying to think, you know, differently about alcohol or in whenever you learn something, you kind of, you, your perspective changes on something and, yep. you know, it really is like a, it's, it's, um it's not just a solvent, a very good solvent because it's fat soluble and water soluble, but it's also a disinfectant. I mean, when you're taking alcohol and you're pouring it down into your, you know, it when it touches anything, it's going to disinfect it. But you have all this good bacteria yeah. that goes all the way down. I've heard that, like mouthwashes. That you don't. I've now right. I've heard yeah. potentially. Don't, you don't want to mouthwash. I don't know much about it, but yeah. yeah, yeah. But I've heard that as well. So you know, putting it into your body and doing that is is not a very good thing. And it's kind of no. It's like I wouldn't want to smoke a cigar because you're probably going to get mouth cancer or like yeah. throat cancer or yeah. something like that. Well, you probably also wouldn't want to be throwing back disinfectant, you know, yeah. and letting it run down your esophagus because eso- whiskey yeah, squamous cell carcinoma of the esophagus is the leading cause. And then I did also hear somebody talk a little bit about how alcohol is water-soluble and fat-soluble, which isn't always the case with compounds. And so what that basically means is that you have your cell. It Alcohol has the ability to pass right through that cell, whereas so many other things that we ingest into our body just attach Hit to receptors yeah. and yeah. get on the cell wall. But alcohol actually has the ability to pass through it. So it is going to affect all of your cells in your body on a like at it, their most foundational level like they're actually wow. going it's yeah. going to pass through the cell so wow. you think about it that alcohol gets into your body and it spreads it doesn't stay contained in like one area like in your stomach and then it goes to your kidneys and whatever it like it gets into yeah. your blood it spreads throughout your entire system and affecting every single cell on your body yeah so wow. w- so w- i mean what are your guys experience with, with alcohol I'll, i mean we've all we've all you know we've all drank we all probably yeah. still do drink we, i mean we just had some margaritas the other day <laughs> yeah um you know i've i've never abused alcohol you know the at most when you're in high school and you start experimenting and and you're hanging out with friends and yep. uh going out at least, you know i feel like at least of of our era that was probably the case um you know, you abuse it a little bit and you, at least for me, I learned my boundaries and learned my limits. And by the time I was out of college, I, it's very, very, very rare where I have like a, you know, a night where I get very intoxicated. So (laughs) yeah. 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 I, I, I've always been a relatively healthy drinker. I think obviously, you know, I like alcohol though get fucking trashed and like, you know, middle school (laughs) or whatever. It's But like, in high school and stuff like that, and maybe a couple times in college. But by the time that was, you know, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I think my 
my perspective is unique because I didn't go to college. I'm 22. I grew up one of three, I have two older brothers and I saw them, you know, they went to college, they, and they ended up dropping out and I just never liked what was happening when they were drinking and they'd come home. And I think it, that instilled in me like, Hey, I don't want to go drink all the time. I've definitely drank, but I, it's so weird. Like I'm 22 and I have no desire to go drink when I go out. And I'm doing How this old are your brothers? Uh, 25 and 28. And were they both, they both partied and drank yeah, more? Yeah, for sure. Way more than me. They, and I never went to college, never had that experience of going to college and turning up. I've yeah. had my fair share of like incredible nights out in different clubs, but very rare. And like for me right now, just for context, I'm I'm doing this mental toughness challenge and I'm on day 46 of 75. It's called 75 Hard. And part of the program is you can't have any alcohol. And I think this year in 2023, I've probably had like one or two drinks for like New Year's and then like maybe one drink in February. Yeah. And I felt the last year for me, like my just care to drink or grab a drink, a cocktail has just dwindled supernaturally to the point where coming out of this program, I know that. I might go the whole year not drinking. And I just feel that way right now, which I yeah. think is unique just from the lack of like, oh, you go out on a Friday, you have a drink. Like that ritual, if you just remove that ritual for a long extended period of time, which I'm curious to try personally from a caffeine perspective, um, that has been the case for me when it comes to alcohol. My, my thing with alcohol is I'm very much a social drinker. So if I go out and I'm with friends and we go to have dinner, I'll have a cocktail or two. You know, I'll have a tequila or, or something like that. But um, I'm never – there's not a point in my life at, at this point where I'm like, I want to go out and just get shit-faced. Of course, no. no. <laughs> I, would, I would hope not. Jeez. Yeah. But uh, no, but, you know, every once in a while you're in Vegas for the weekend, you know, you, you might have a night. And I, I, I think that's, that's you know, reasonably okay. But generally speaking, that's like few and far between uh, at, at this point. But also, I think there's a different thing in era because my nephew is your age. Uh, and the way that my brother and I grew up, and maybe this is similar to as well, because we're closer in age. I'm 38. Mm -hmm. um, is like my nephew doesn't doesn't drink. He doesn't do any drugs. He doesn't you know, he, he's very much like a really just good kid. And I think because he grew up in a social media world where. You know, there was way more distractions. Devices are not yeah, alcohol, but dopamine. Whereas for us, we didn't have, like, you know, smartphones. So it was like, well, what are you doing tonight? Well, let's just go out and get a six-pack and drink. So uh, I wonder if, I, I wonder I, if the timing of it, the, the I think that generations. Like, a lot know. of my, my girlfriend, is she's 29, I'm 22, and she's always like, none of your friends drink. Like 22, <laughs> 23, 24, like some of my closest friends, they, they've never picked up a drink in their life. They've never had alcohol. And... That blows my mind, but I, I've heard that so often yeah. from like close friends of mine, and I think it's to your point, extremely fair in terms of. I believe you know, growing up, I always I've never smoked a cigarette in my life as well, and you know, you saw all these ads like cigarettes are terrible, the whole thing. And granted, my dad worked in he still does in uh, Philip Morris Tobacco, and he never touched cigarettes, and I learned so much about tobacco. Interesting, early on. Wow. and I Who look thought? at it where kids at my age or younger tend to see alcohol like cigarettes back in the day and yeah. i think there's a shift just happening at least for the majority of just alcohol as a whole for and there's a responsible aspect to drinking and you know all the different ways but in terms of like going and getting blacked out drunk is 
nowhere where, where people want to be, I think, versus what my brothers and what I saw in them when they were going to college and turning up and doing that, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, it's interesting y- you say that, but now we're seeing, and you know, not to necessarily move this on right away, but uh, with marijuana, now we're seeing legalization, not just in America, but in countries around the world is, is starting to become more of a, more of a thing. Why do you think that is that alcohol is sort of uh, being pushed to the side, but there's probably more people smoking marijuana, right? I don't know if, if that's actually true or not, but it's certainly become more yeah. uh, acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. I don't know. You know, tobacco, I, I didn't put on this because I, th- I feel like it's, it really is such a, it's not an, it's not a situation in my life, right? It's not so, something yeah, I do. I've never, yeah. And I doubt that there's that many people, especially young people that are really yeah. dealing with tobacco. I, I actually, at one the point, I did think about nicotine. Yep. Um, putting it on there. Um, it's just not really in my wheelhouse. So like, I don't, right. So I, I don't know how many people there are, but hopefully it's, it's if you're vaping, nicotine, I think I can, uh, solve the little, let's uh, just can, agree that it's probably not thing. a good idea. Yeah. Let's just agree that that's I mean, just people. Yeah. People walk around just glued to the vapes. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, that's it's crazy. Like, that's insane. Well, now the vape, they're all getting like, uh, Bad. recalled yep. and, and, uh, my, banned, my, right? My dad, he's told me over the years, like they like Philip Morris acquired Jewel, you know, like was one of their one of their worst right. investments ever, and just the research about you know they call it popcorn lungs through the vapes, by far so like so bad compared to and you hear it all even time, regular like, cigarettes. Yeah, you'll smoke a vape. It's like the equivalent of like downing five packs of cigarettes back to back chain smoking in terms of like the equivalent of lung damage. Don't wow. quote me on that, but that's wow. lovely. It's, it's well absurd. I have one um, quick story. My mom and her dad went to go do a life scan, which was like a thing where they take like a MRI of your whole body, like all the way your torso. And my mom never smoked in her life. Her dad, my grandpa, did a lot for a lot of years. Quit, of course, but smoked for 30 years. Oh, my God. His lungs compared to hers going through this life scan thing was incredible. He had holes in his lungs. I swear that with this, it looked like Swiss cheese. Wow. It looked like Swiss cheese. His wow. lungs did just just deteriorated stuff. I mean, it was incredible to see. And and when I saw that, I literally was like, "Oh, this is this is terrible. Like this is that's so bad for your. It's so bad for your lungs. It takes a. It it's deforming. It deforms wow, your lungs. Yeah. It takes such a physical toll. Crazy. Um, but marijuana. Marijuana. Okay, marijuana. Tell us about marijuana. Tell us about. Um, <laughs> Tell us everything. I don't. I didn't. I didn't look anything up. Because I, I, I have a lot of well, I have a lot of I have a lot of personal experience with marijuana because from like thirteen to thirty, aside, excuse me, aside from taking like a couple breaks, like I remember one time I dated a girl that like you know got mad at me because I was so addicted to smoking weed and I quit for like nine months or something like that. I think it was the longest I had gone. It's amazing what girls can make us do. Yeah, I know, that. right? God, that's why I don't let them. I, yeah, they don't make any more <laughs> any decisions in my life anymore. Um, but uh. Uh, so, but, but basically from 13 to 30, I was a very, very big marijuana smoker. Like that's how I learned how to smoke. My older brother was a big stoner and was like, you know, you, we wake up to bong loads and, you know, ripping bong and and that's just kind of like what I did. And it was most of the time always based around activity. So it was like, we're going to get stoned and then go ride our dirt bikes. We're going to get stoned (laughs) and go do this. We're going to get stoned and go work out. You know, it was always an upper for me. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah, I used it as like, uh, yeah, this is going to be more fun stoned kind yeah. of thing, right? It was always that and yeah. just did that for a long time. And I wasn't 30. I think I was a little younger than 30. I think I was like 29. 
Um, but I just literally hit a wall with it. Like I just, I hit a, and I think a, a lot of it was anxiety. It was, uh, if I hadn't smoked weed for a little while and I would get stoned, obviously I'd get, I'd get like, sometimes I get too high and I'm like, I'm fucking too high. Like, this is, a, I don't like this. This is like, yeah, I'm anxious. I'm paranoid all that stuff. and yeah. And then for some reason, I had just been using it for so long that over the course of a couple of years, it had kind of switched to like, w- when I'm stoned, I'm totally comfortable. When I'm not, I'm really anxious. Mm. Interesting. So I would start to get anxious as I was not, and then I would get stoned to be like, oh, okay, I feel like more relaxed and better yeah. again. So for some reason, that switched. And it all came to a head where I remember laying on my couch in Santa Monica where I was living in, at the time and laying on the couch face down just being like, dude, you feel awful. Like, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, why, why are you doing this to yourself? You just feel terrible. I know were, you, I you were know smoking you every day? Yeah. Mm. Multiple times a day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was like pretty much you were high all day. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Small windows where I wasn't. But but I – and I had tried so many times to be like a Saturday smoker, you know? Be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, if I could just smoke a Saturday. For me, never worked. I mean, I just – I either – You grew up in Malibu. Yeah. It's I, beautiful I, weather. It's like you want to sit and stare at the like, beach and like, yeah, I get I was it. good. The only time I was good when I was like smoking weed was like maybe for a couple hours in the morning. I could push that and like like, like yeah. breakfast or something. I could be like fine, like waking up and getting a few things and doing this and doing that. And then – but like by, you know, mid-morning, I'm like – Yeah. Let me get started. Ready to have one, yeah. 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 But for you, because I think like, – I totally relate where – I won't dive in too much right now, but when you say like the productive aspect of smoking weed, mm-hmm. I don't smoke weed at all anymore, but I was recently watching, um, I saw an interview with Seth Rogen and he talked about like he smokes weed every day and a lot of his obviously ideas, the creativity stem from, he believes, him smoking weed and it's like he would never stop. Like, What are your guys' thoughts on the quote unquote productive stoners? I literally just heard the other day that there was some study that was done and they said that they've discovered that drugs do not increase a person's creativity at all it's 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 he's just a really funny guy <laughs> who happens to be smoking weed yeah i mean yeah, there's sure. no way i mean well, he's just a really silly funny guy he was if you asked his parents like what was seth rogan like as a you know six-year-old they're like oh he was hilarious like he is now he's yeah. just a funny guy he just a, loves to I'll smoke say about weed. that though so as as a music creator and you know you create music too yeah, so you, I, you know yeah. you get it so I started smoking weed when I was 13. Uh, it was like, you know, when you're 13, it's like where you can get it. And then by the time I was 16, I was smoking every day. And then when I was 17, and I then I started getting into other things like shrooms and stuff like that. Uh, when I was 17, I quit cold turkey, had a bad shroom trip, and that just killed everything. But there was a, there was a, a, a reason because I felt like I was naturally very – relatively intelligent. I did fairly well at school without really having to try that hard. Uh, and I noticed that I was, I just didn't care anymore. And as soon as I stopped smoking weed, I quit cold Turkey after a bad shroom trip. I totally put all of my energy into music. And Mm. I actually, that's a big reason why I was able to find success in music. Cause I, I was so laser focused on it and I, and I didn't smoke. Then I, I started smoking and I still smoke every once in a while now. Like, you know, I, I just I have a very comfortable relationship with it. I don't get into a, a habit of an overuse of it. But um, I do find that sometimes and it depends on the type of weed I smoke. Uh, sometimes I'll smoke some weed and then 
it'll be two in the morning and I'm like, I have to sit and make music right now. And it will, and it will create a, a jolt of inspiration. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I can't do it when I'm not high, but different types of ideas come when you're yeah. high, a different flavor of idea. <clears throat> and that I, I can understand for a lot of people why that can be incredibly valuable for their creativity. Yeah, I can understand that it's perspective, right? I love the analogy that psychedelics, I'm, I'm not saying that you know weed is really categorized as psychedelic, but it's something that gives you different perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Like you do yeah. get stoned and you're like, whoa, I'm, you know, people are monkeys, or, you know, whatever it is, right? Um, psychedelics and drugs are great for clearing the fog so that you can see what's on the other side of the river, but they do nothing to actually build the bridge to get there. And so weed, drugs, can be very, very useful to discover things about yourself, to gain different perspective on a song or on a way of writing something. I don't discount that. I think that they can be. I, you know, believe that wholeheartedly, and that's why I was always stoned yeah. making music too, right? Yeah. One of my favorite things was to get stoned and, like, have a <laughs> beer and sit in front of the computer and just be like, I'm just going to make just stuff tweak. tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't disagree. But what we're talking about here, I, I also don't, I, I also, I think that, Rather than, you know, getting stoned, you could also probably meditate or do some different things. Creative would, writing. Yeah, there's probably a lot of other things that would improve your creativity more than know. marijuana. I'm just saying, I'm just <laughs> yeah. putting that out there as an op- as a possibility. Um, but what we're talking about really also is chronic use of anything. Yeah, true, and I, actually, true. I think if I were to say on this list of the things that are, that is the least, like, dangerous or the le- or the thing that you could use recreationally, It'd probably be marijuana. Yeah. On here, yeah. on this list, like that's the one thing that I think is probably the the the, the you know most harmless. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. I agree, and, and I mean, you guys are in the music space, and I think like one experience and story that I remember was so Wiz Khalifa was and his manager Will Dzambak, they were investors in my company Media Kits, and we had this big launch party and. August of 2021, Wiz Khalifa performed, and before we go out, like my mom's there, my brothers are there, and we're in the back room, getting super high, and like this is before I'm <laughs> doing a speech, and there's all, all this stuff. Oh god, that's a different type of high. And, with Wiz. and no, my, my mom, like she has, she hasn't smoked weed in so long, if not ever, and I, I remember my mom was talking to him, just like, oh, like smoking weed. Every are you day. telling me your mom got high with Wiz Khalifa? No, I wish, but she did not. That's but maybe, cool mom. maybe just through the you know the small room and it yeah. was a hot box session. Yeah. But you know, someone like Wiz, who I I respect from a business perspective, from a musician perspective, like he's working out super healthy, but he smokes weed every day, and it is that the weed, you know, makes him be more productive. He just enjoys it, and I think someone that like him or Snoop Dogg or someone that like puts weed on such a pedestal. Um, you know, it's just everyone has their different use of it. And obviously in the music space and music business, you know, it's it can be glorified where there's a lot of people that are just smoking weed and not doing anything with their lives. And they'll see these people and say, oh, if I smoke weed every day, then, you know, I can be productive when yeah. you're, you're just a lazy, unmotivated person. Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy to just a lot of it's a, hear fe- that. a feeling, though. So when I started my career, I was in New York City and I was an engineer for rappers. And one of my first clients was Fabulous, uh, who's still a, still a friend of mine. And, you know, in rap sessions, you you're typically you're in a big studio. You know, very rarely is it just you and the artist. It's like you, the artist, and like twenty of their friends, mm-hmm. and the drinks and and the weed, especially, uh, 
it just changes the vibe in the room. And that might be the feeling that you want to sort of portray in the music. And so it, it, it makes it easier to sort of get into that zone and write that type of, of record mm -hmm. if, if, if that's the case. And I can't, can't tell you how many times I sat in, you know, uh, rap sessions where I, just the contact high was just out of out of this world uh, and I'm trying to sit there and like not fuck up right, 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 and right. it's very challenging to do that um, but yeah I mean it's sometimes it's just a matter of like putting yourself in a space where your mind thinks in just a slightly different enough way to to say let me get that idea out I, yeah right? I agree that's a, it's Point, a pointing it in a direction you know yeah so uh, much problem solving so much uh, like the uh, the the people that are able to problem solve really well, engineers, all that stuff, are ones that are able to look at the problem from a different angle. Yeah. And I think we can definitely do that. Yeah. Right? yeah. It can give you this different perspective. Although I didn't want to be high in those sessions because I was just like, let me just yeah. really be on point right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was early in my career. I didn't want to mess up. Of course. <laughs> so. Yes. Um, but there's a lot of chronic use of it. There's yeah. a lot of people that are doing it every day. There's a lot of people yeah. that are doing it, you know, pretty consistently. And I, I don't, I don't think it's good. I also think that it does, this is going to, but, but I, I do believe that any kind of use of drugs probably, but marijuana falls under this category. You're stunting your emotional growth when you're using something like that every day. You're not allowing your body to really process the things that need to be processed. Yeah. There, it also has a big effect on your sleep. I will tell you that because I spent a lot of time smoking weed and then not smoking weed and just experimenting in those, you know, two decades of smoking weed. And um, whenever I got to about the two week mark of quitting, I started dreaming like crazy. <laughs> and and I, my brother and I, we before. used to talk about it, too. We'd be like, dude, are you dreaming? And you're like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the you really do not dream when you're like smoking weed consistently and sleeping. You might like the first couple if you get stoned and then you're like, well, I had the craziest dreams last night, you know. But if you're doing it every day and smoking yeah. a lot, you're not dreaming. And yeah. that is really important. I, I just think sleep is a very, very important thing in our lives. Speaking yeah. of that, how do you feel about marijuana with sleep? Because I found in my life today, I don't smoke weed recreationally. I don't go out and smoke weed ever. But I do. I will either smoke a little bit or have an edible at night, and it really helps me sleep. And the reason for this is before I started doing that, and again, I don't drink caffeine or whatever. Like You can talk to me. Like, ask Jason about this. I was wired. I would be up all night till 6 a.m. And I I would be able to operate on four hours of sleep and wake up and be ready to go and put a full 20-hour day in of work and not leave the studio. And it and it got really – it got to a point where I was like, I need to be sleeping more. And weed helped actually regulate my sleep habits. Like I take a you know 10-milligram edible or, or something like that, and in an hour I'm just like out like a light. And, yeah, and maybe it, it there's I know that there's things that help you fall asleep, but they're not actually beneficial for your sleep, sleep itself. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I, I don't I honestly don't know how yeah. that falls in if it falls into that category. I mean, I'm pretty sure that any sleep aid probably isn't good for you. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. if it works, it works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never taken. I, yeah. I never really want to get into those things, but probably weed, a lot better to like do weed nice, than Ambien. Yeah. yeah just yeah, a nice probably show. a lot better to take an, you know, natural gummy yeah. edible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, well under, under your favorites. Onto the, yeah, you're, yeah. Well, you've been talking <laughs> about this a lot. We, we've heard a lot about it. <laughs> Sugar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The pee, I mean, the porn. Oh, the porn. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, right, right. Sorry, I have it written down wrong here, so I can get thrown off. I wrote, <laughs> I came up, I came up with the acronym after I had done the Camps. list. So. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. Camps. Uh, We're at cap, P for Capums. Capums is what I have here. <laughs> um, porn, right. Okay, so, oh, yeah, porn. Um, well, we obviously are in, in, we like, it's at our fingertips all the time. It's been around since the beginning of time. Like, people have had, um, there's, there's there's examples of like archaeological digs that have revealed you know types of pornographic materials and stuff from as early as like thirty five thousand years ago. I mean it's 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 been around for a long time. Obviously, stone carvings. Obviously, of, the internet. Yeah, the internet has changed things a lot. Like like it has with social media and all these other things. You know what is that really doing to our brain? Um. Um, for some reason I like have decided in my most recent my most in my in my relationship that I'm in now with my wife which is my current relationship for some reason from the very beginning I just didn't have the desire to watch porn I was just very fulfilled I was like oh I love my wife I'm very attracted to her and I had the energy that I had that sexual energy that I had to like offer the world that was um that is like you know ripe for the picking I wanted to be direct directed at her like I wanted it to be yeah. um, something that was going to elevate um, our relationship. Poor girl, you know, because <laughs> I got a lot of it. No. <laughs> um, oh, you no, know, I, almost almost to the point, you know, where it can where where it's something to 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 battle with. It almost became a bit of a battle where it was just like, you know, you, you I have all this energy, um, you know, ha- having kids and stuff like that. Obviously, you, we're not, you know, there's there's periods of time where it's like we're not you know rabbits right so um you know it's it became it it has become like a bit of a challenge and things that i've like like that i've reconciled with like oh is this an important thing to be able to like take care of that energy on my own um or should i keep kind of pouring it into my wife even though it's not always received the way that it that i would like it to be um uh but for some reason the the idea of like watching porn doesn't sound like it would be beneficial. Um, and then there was a podcast that I was listening to at one point where there was a love therapist on there or therapists. They were talking about love and marriage and all that stuff. And she did mention some studies where uh, those who watch porn consistently are less attracted to their partner. So it actually yeah. does diminish the attraction that you have towards your partner. Um, which which is kind of like the feeling that I was feeling all on my own and then was validated by what I had heard in that moment. And uh, so, you know, what if, obviously what if you di- watch, people are in different what places if you watch of their lives. partner porn? <clears throat> Does that change it? Like watches a, as a couple, you mean? Uh, or 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 things that maybe you've you've created or whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if you're if you're, you know, Apart from, like, for example, when we were in Nashville, like, I don't know, like, how do you maintain the intimacy then if you don't want to go outside of, you know, the relationship, you know, you're away for six weeks, what, you know? Honestly, I just, I'm looking, it's like the the carrot at the end of the road. It's like, I'm just thinking about when I get home, Yeah. you know, I'm just like focused on, I mean, we were, we were were pretty busy when we were there. I was, you know, most of the trips that you and I did were relatively short. We were never there for like more than a few days kind of a thing, right? If oh, the, it first, was the like first trip was like two weeks, I think. But yeah, 
<clears throat> I don't think for me. I don't think I was. Oh, you. Oh, that's right. You. You did. You left after. The, I oh, did shorter right. trips. You did, you did so it. I was never. Yeah. If it was two weeks or something like that, I don't. I don't know. It's. It's a good point. Yeah. And see that. You know that brings us to the fact that there are so many other people that are in different situations. I mean, I'm yeah. a married person with somebody who I love and admire and I'm attracted yeah. to. Um, you know, there are single people out there. This. This can span across. I mean, this this can affect people in so many different ways, and their relationship yeah. with their own sexual energy is going to be very different depending on whatever situation they're in. All I know is for me, which is my personal experience, is that for some reason, something that I've, I've never had a problem with, meaning a problem watching porn and using it as as, as an in, you know something to enhance my uh, sexual energy um, at times, that I've never really had a problem with it. But for some reason, when I found myself in a relationship where I wanted yeah. that energy to be focused into somebody. Um, I had no desire. No desire. For it. Yeah. yeah. No, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I feel the same way. Like you've met my girlfriend, Colette. And like when we started dating, I didn't, I found myself not really interested in, in, in exploring porn. Um, an interesting question is, is, with social media now, especially during the pandemic, when people were very disconnected, you know, there wasn't really a lot of ways for people all around the world to sort of express their, their sexual energy. So I'm sure there was a lot. I, I'm, I'm sure if you saw, uh, you know, the, the Internet charts, those porn sites <laughs> were crushing it during the pandemic. So I wonder, you know, with people watching so much porn and also like a hyper sexualized version of, of sex, right? Like, you know, we were talking earlier, like the step brother thing, like all these, these crazy scenarios that just are not realistic. What does that do to someone's brain yep. um, with how, you know, their relationship with, with sex and, and intimacy and things like that? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're also dealing with demographic changes like around the world. I mean, there's a lot of talk about, I mean, just using China as an example where they had that one kid policy for a long time and they have a lot more men than they do women or, you know, there's a quite the imbalance. Aging you know, populations, like there's less, right. there's there, the birth rates dropping in a lot of places. So I yeah. wonder if that's... We're in a situation where there are going to be people, and I'm not too familiar with the term incel other than, but like those are there's people out there that are basically have just decided that they're going to be celibate, right? Well, incel in, is involuntarily, right? They don't involuntarily decide they're forced. Celibate. Yeah. But I, you know, that that seems like something that is probably a byproduct you know, of or and well, maybe or it's just going to be on the rise a little bit as we isolate into these different like worlds, you know, potentially. And, and then we go into VR and things like that and it's like you can almost like you can't recreate the intimacy, but you can kind of recreate the experience in, in many ways as tech sort of continues like mm -hmm. does yeah. that just make it easier for people to say i don't want to deal with the shit of a relationship because we all know there's always shit <laughs> in some ways um i'd rather just like here you know get this like maybe lower version of of the benefit on one side and then just be you know i, I know a lot of friends who just prefer being single you know, they, they don't, yeah. they're not, not so interested in, in monogamy and, and, uh, yeah, but they're getting laid probably. These are also friends that probably fit into the category of, you know, with like some of these apps from, um, what I've heard is that the, um, 
imbalance, like the inequality begins to kind of really get into these apps where it's like, there's like a handful, like, let's just say you're a guy, right? You're there's, you know, making up numbers, there's a 1000 men on there. Well, there's 25 women <laughs> that want to like, sleep, sleep with somebody that night. Oh, yeah. And the numbers are skewed. Yeah. And then the next day, those same thousand men are still on there. And, and it's maybe a different 25 women or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But the same 25 guys, more or less, are the ones that are going to get it because on their profile, it's something that's appealing. Yeah. And so they're yeah. going to literally just kind of go for the top of the pyramid and like, what's the best I can find? What's the best I can find? And yeah. it, so you end up creating like this inequality even within these dating apps and stuff where a handful of guys are getting laid consistently. And then there's a whole, the, the masses, are a not. vast majority of them aren't, right? Yeah. So you might have friends that are single, but they might, these might also be well, friends they of course, they're, you <laughs> that know, are fitting into this category like, yeah. where it's like relatively, you know, easy for them to be able to you know, still have sex, but not yeah. have to commit. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting one. I mean, yeah, do you have no, I, I agree with you. I mean, with you, Brandon, I've been in a relationship for three years now. I'm, I'm 22. Right. So peak, he's got a lot yeah, of testosterone. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, for sure. And, and I think just being in a relationship that is fulfilling, that is you're sexually attracted to your partner, that desire to watch porn has diminished and, more so disappeared over the, like over the past three years significantly. And I also think too, when there's moments of, which is rare, but like when we're apart, that whole thing, I was just Googling it, but this, I, I first read this in, in the book, thinking robot think, thinking Grow rich years ago. And it was, it's called um, sexual transmutation. And it's taking that sexual energy and channeling it into another form of work. And I, I've heard about this in so many different mm, podcasts mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. interviews where it's like at, peak desire for sexual intercourse or whatever it may be as a man like there's so much energy within that that i I believe actually russ talked about this one of the musicians yeah and it's like throughout that peak when you're making decision like do i go watch porn or do do i go on the apps and scroll for hours and then you know taking that it says transmutation is defined as the process of being changed into another form sexual transmutation is therefore when the sexual energy specifically is changed into another form you see the sexual energy is a very raw and dense form of energy that is produced and contained in the sex center of your being. And you can become so efficient and productive if you learn how to channel that energy and bottle it up when instead of just get addicted to the release and release and yes. you're chill and you're kicked back and you're relaxed. And I think there's a power in that that I've tried to apply in terms of in like just, self-improvement. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mean, yeah, okay. For sure. Have you, like done any studying and any deep dives into this and like been practical about trying to embrace this because I've heard a lot of the same stuff from friends who I really respect. Yeah. Um, that, that is a very useful kind of tool that you really, I mean, it's part of the reason why boxers, you know, don't release for a while before they go into a fight is like, that's a a thing. I've heard that, but I've also heard the opposite where they're like, no, I think MMA fighters a, are like I don't care. It's, it's so things. funny. So maybe yeah. some of them don't care, but uh, but uh, no, I think it is a thing. I mean, it was a thing. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. It's it's so funny because um, I don't follow boxing really at all. But you know, Jake Paul, he's makes this big splash in the boxing world. When he lost his last fight, he was like, "Guys, I had a wet dream the night two nights before, and I was channeling all this energy." <laughs> I heard that, and I don't know if he was being serious or not, but I I know that that is a real. Um, practice for yeah. in, in a boxing and fighting in terms of like channeling that energy just right. so, abstain yeah build up 
as exactly. much testosterone as you can. Yeah, interesting. Well, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's like you're saying you you get addicted to the release. I mean, there is a very different. My wife laughs at me because it's true, but it's like. I'm a very different person, like before we make love and then after. I make <laughs> oh, yeah. love. You know, I'm like, I go from like anxious and like, you know, oh my God, we got to do this and we got to do that. It's and like, then it's just like after everything's we make love, okay. I'm just like, honey, I love you. <laughs> yeah. I love you so much. And she's like, oh my God, look at you. You're like a different person. Oh I'm my like, God. So you is know, that different for, for her versus you? Like, you know. Oh, as, she can as, barely walk after. <laughs> Is that what you're getting at? No. <laughs> oh no. Do do women have post nut clarity? Post. <laughs> do women I don't know. have that? Is that yeah, a thing? Yeah, I think so. I think so for yeah. sure. Yeah. Post nut <laughs> clarity. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you know that. Write that down. Name uh, next EP. That's the name of the next <laughs> yeah. EP. Post nut clarity. Post nut clarity. Mm. Oh my god. Um. Well, I think mm. we we have one more. We have we have one more. Yeah. The, uh, sugar. Yeah, right, right, oh, right. this is this is where I'm most addicted. Oh Jesus! Um, I didn't learn anything about sugar. I didn't have time. <laughs> uh, we were I think we making all have... music like crazy, but um, but you know, no, that that is actually the one that I did want to li- learn a little bit about because I'm sure that there are pretty incredible, you know, things about like what sugar is, what sugar does to your body, right? Um, probably a whole episode on that. I'm sure there's a whole episode oh, on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do remember one thing that I saw a long time ago. There was a comedian. Was it the, the guy that smokes a bunch of weed? And he's like, he's in. I smoke a bunch of weed. And he's in his movies. White guy, like um, blonde kind of hair, um, like super stoner guy. Uh, Brewer? 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 Something Brewer was his last name. I don't name? know. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> he, I think he had a, he, I saw him on a talk show. Wife had cancer. And he goes, one of the things that I learned about cancer is that like sugar is jet fuel for cancer mm. he was wow. like we just like that we cut that out of our diet like right wow. away. that was like cut out that was what nutritionists were telling us to do and all that stuff so wow you know i i it is, is it a specific type of sugar i because carbs I break down to sugar right no i mean they Car- carbs break down but there's types please forgive me for speaking like out of you know just this is my my armchair expert yeah, yeah. version of it but i mean Yes, but there is a di- there is a very big difference between simple sugars and complex sugars. So it's right. like if you get you yeah. know the sugar that you get from an orange, will yeah. will be processed in your body very different than if you just snorted a packet of sugar off the table yeah. at uh, your local diner. You know? high, yeah. high, just you yeah, know, or like high a, fructose corn. Or remember those shake, the fun you know? dips that we used to remember? Oh my Do you god! Remember that? Oh my sugar? god! Di- literally had, dipping it in sugar yeah. and eating that like that is growing up. Pop had, rocks. Oh my god! Like it's insane. It's you know, a, truly insane. Dunker, dunkaroos. Anything that you could dunk into is basically pure sugar. That yeah. You're, yeah. You know, I, I grew up eating a lot of sugar, addicted to candy, gummies, and I, I was never overweight. I never dealt with that aspect of it, but. Yeah, growing up in an environment where my family wasn't aware and didn't really take healthy eating serious, I quickly, like, really the last five, six years, especially being in L.A., my girlfriend is vegan, learned so much about health, and I, I try to cut out personally like any added sugars. At times, like yes, I'll have added sugars, but I have a sweet tooth, but just I think it's so easy to not be educated about it and all the food out there. I mean, it's packed with sugar and that's what they want you to eat and it gets you addicted to that. Right. So yep. hey, what is your guys' relationship with sugar specifically? I Like I, so I'm a foodie. I love like sweet things. Um, I, but I do have some discipline around it. Like, you know, 
if it's in my house, I'll eat it. So if I if I break if I'm at the grocery store and I break and I get a pint of ice cream I'm gonna eat that yes pint of yeah. ice cream. I'm the same way yeah for sure but if I have discipline when I'm grocery shopping I'm good like I don't if it's not yeah. there I won't eat it don't I don't buy it's it. not like I crave it I'm like I have to go to the store right now yeah um, but I do love sugar uh, and you know but I think there's I think we all go through like you know moments in life where maybe we're stressed and and we'll like you know, eat a little bit more or snack on, on food or, uh, you know, the opposite where we'll say, uh, we don't need it. And we, we, so I find my relationship is that I'll kind of, it's like a a scale. I just kind of seesaw back and forth on, on how much sugar I have. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been pretty good with sugar actually. Um, I do binge on it though. Yeah. Like I'll, I will, if I go to pick up my boys from my mom's house when she'd been babysitting and I know my mom always has ice cream in the fridge, like I'll go over there. And <laughs> oh, you myself. got an ice cream thing. We, I learned this ice in Nashville. Love. You love I ice mean, cream. I, yeah. I grew up eating By the way, like, me too. A, almost a, probably a pint, like every night. I mean, oh, oh, God. God. Oh, wow. Like just, I grew up eating so much Were you ever cream. overweight ever? You worked out, no. you were always surfing and doing. Well, I was always, you know, I mean, when active. you were young like that, I'm talking when I was, you know, like teens and 20s and stuff yeah, like so that. Yeah, so you were just you know? burning a million calories. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm, I've always been burning a lot of calories. But no, it, I mean, from what I can understand, from what I know, you know, ice cream has never really done much of a weight thing, but it does. But what I have noticed for sure is that eating sugar, e- just eating in general, actually, too late at night, but especially if you eat ice cream, I don't sleep well. And I can wake up yeah. with a hangover like i wow if i eat ice cream at night and then like i wake up the next day like god why am i i mean sometimes <laughs> you'll be like sweaty in the middle of the night you wake up the next day with a headache i mean sugar will really affect you almost in the same way that like alcohol will yeah um so i try to avoid that i will binge on sugar every once in a while and i do love sweets but i'm not like a huge yeah. candy person i'm not even like a huge cake person or anything like that like what's yeah. what's it's the ice vice? cream it's ice cream ice, ice cream. cream ice cream that's my specific thing. flavor ice cream and then i love maple syrup you yeah. know but but i don't uh, really eat that can, many is there a little canadian in you oh yeah 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 oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah eh? yeah, yeah, eh? oh, yeah oh my god um as a canadian i respect is there a, it. is there a best ice cream spot in malibu uh no there's a good spot there's a there's a company that was making this you know strauss creamery they make like yogurts and yeah. stuff like that now well for a little they got into ice cream then now they're like too blown up with the ice cream but f- when they just started to get into ice cream, they were making vanilla and chocolate, and that was it in, like, these big tubs. And it was the best ice cream I've ever had in my life. It's so good. Love that. So, I, I'm yeah, I'm definitely an ice cream critic. I love certain <laughs> types of ice cream. But, uh, um, you know, I, I also, another, like, little tidbit of information, there's this guy in Hawaii who is the man, um, and uh, he's, like, ripped. He's, like, you know, in his 50s or something like that. And the guy's just, like, got not, not an ounce of fat on him, and he's just, like, super ripped, right? Um, and I was, like, you must, like, what? Well, how are you eating? Like, you don't do, you, you know, you don't look like that unless you're, like, you know, really watching what you, you put plan. in your mouth. Like, yeah. you're, you know, he's, yeah. like, oh, no, I pretty much eat anything. And I was, like, oh, really? And he's, like, well, it's just, like, a balanced diet and stuff. And then at one point, either in that conversation or later, he said, I don't know how Japanese people don't have diabetes. They eat so much rice. Rice is all... And I was like, wow, interesting. Yeah, isn't that and all it, just sugar? Right, so carbs? what it made me realize with him is that he's very aware of re- just simple carbs in mm. general. Bread, 
should not go in your body. I mean, there's sugar, like refined sugar, which is just like you probably should not eat it. You probably shouldn't be eating Fruit Loops in the morning and all these <laughs> other things, like the ways they sneak sugar into your yeah. diet, right? The high Didn't fructose corn syrup. Yeah, don't angle. drink Coca-Colas. Yeah, like, yeah. don't drink sugar, sugary liquids, stuff like that. You know, you stay away from a lot of that stuff. You're, you're getting a good way there. But, you know, then the next kind of tier is how do I stay away from simple carbs? So it's like bread, pancakes, waffles, even Those are all the rice, best carbs, though. All Come on. <laughs> the, I got to draw a line somewhere. I well, love bread. I'm not getting, getting, getting rid of that. Totally. I can't do it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, there is a balance. What I found is... is um, I'll be looking like Coppin when I'm in his, my 50s out <laughs> right. there in Hawaii. Right. Yeah. Um, while you're eating your bread, while you're buttering up your yeah. toast. I, well, I'm you a know big what? bread guy, but I, I try to cut out. My girlfriend, Jacqueline, no bread, like barely any carbs. That's like her family. So she's probably, yeah, pretty hip to that. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, uh, in, you know, the lettuce wraps instead of a uh, burrito. She's literally like a burger. Michelin <laughs> level chef, though. Like I see the meals that you're eating. You tortillas. Yeah. I mean, it's true. I'm cooking yeah. for myself. <laughs> so when you start to realize like tortillas are, you know, that's, that's a yeah. lot of bread. That's a lot of just really simple. I mean, it's just flour. It's just yeah. like white powder. Yeah. I mean, you really yeah. shouldn't. You should try to avoid things that start out as like a white powder, right? Like 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 uh, sugar. Really, yeah. It's not really powder, but um, it could be powdered sugar. Uh, flour, things like that. You know, rice though. Well, I mean, I eat rice. I like sushi, right? So yeah, I'll eat, yeah, I'll eat rice. Great. But um, uh, probably you know, ever since Coppin, my buddy Coppin said that, um, you know, I've like limited it. I'm not gonna like just make a meal out of like a big big bowl of rice, or I'll take like a little bit less of a serving underneath the vegetables when I'm yeah. eating stuff like that. You know, maybe just not as much. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I also you know there is. I don't know how hip you are to the Gundry diet. You know, I have some Stephen people that Gundry? are super, you're super into I've, it. And I have interviewed Stephen Gundry in my podcast. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Plant paradox. His, I haven't heard of it. And he's a no rice guy. Yeah. He's incredible. He's Gut bugs, no. that whole conversation. You haven't heard about it? Yeah. There's a book tell, called tell the, me. the Plant Paradox that yeah. talks a lot about his basic. I mean, you would know, you've interviewed him more, so, you know, feel free to Jacqueline put me onto him. chime in. But So, so what'd you learn from him? What was his. Uh... It, was a, it was a while ago, and I don't want to butcher anything, but that, that's his whole thing. It's like, Plants, plants are chemists yeah. right plants naturally that's their defense right yep. like tigers have teeth she's got fangs my dog uh plants the only thing they have is their chemical compounds and some things want to be eaten some things do not yeah. want to be eaten so he's kind of like gone in and figured out that plants use this protein called lectins yep. um, that are in different types of plants and in higher amounts, some in higher amounts, some in less. And so he's basically developed like a, an, a, an eating plan around trying to avoid lectins. Yep. Like, for instance, you know, I think it's something like if, if you eat very like, well if said, you by the like way, small, all the memories. Are coming <laughs> back. <laughs> if you eat a small amount of like just kidney beans raw, you'll die. Yeah, really? It'll like it'll fuck you up. That's what I heard. I, 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 we'll see. So, so we what, are, what are some like plants kidney that beans, have high instance, in lectins? Or just beans in general? Beans. Beans have high, high lectins. And so Gundry, he's like not a bean guy unless yeah. you pressure cook them, unless you like cook them at very, very high temperatures because that cooks the lectins out. So things can be cooked out of it. You know, he goes, there was this um, thing about uh, tomatoes, right? We So we think, we think when you think of Italy, you think of tomatoes, right? You're like, oh, the pastas and the pizzas <laughs> and all that stuff, right? Well, tomatoes were never in Italy until they were brought there from the Americas. Tomatoes were native to the Americas, not okay. to Europe, right? Okay. So it's a relatively new food for even a place like Italy. Now, how did Italy, how did they prepare it in Italy? 
they didn't just like chop up, you know, start making like a caprese salads and stuff like that. They did pizza, pastas. They realized that if you took out the seeds and you took out the skin and if you cooked it, then it was digestible because initially it was making them really sick. Oh, and so they developed ways to use, you know, tomatoes and the flavoring of tomatoes without all the lectins just naturally. Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I, I remember reading and I, I don't want to again, this is just armchair stuff. I remember reading about uh, super centurion societies, yeah, basically blue zones and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Where societies where there's a much higher percentage of uh, people who live to be 100 years old or higher. Mm hmm. And one of the key things that all of them had in common was the consumption of beans. Mm-hmm. So that sort of, I don't, I don't know, you know, I'm sure they're cooking them. I don't think they're eating raw beans, but. Um, I know a lot of people that give him a lot of flack for his things because, you know, his, at least in the beginning, he was also kind of saying like a certain amount of meat is okay and stuff like that, you know. Um, there were a lot of like vegans and people that were plant based that were just kind of like, don't buy into all that stuff. Like you kind of need a broad yeah. array of, of plants. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's possible. But, th- but that also could be there's so many other factors when yeah, you deal with the centurion stuff. I mean, like, yeah, beans. Um, but that means that they're probably not eating that much meat because beans are a big part of their diet. Therefore, they're probably eating mostly plant based, which is another very good thing for longevity. If yep. that's what you're going for. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of other factors, but it's just something to look into. I'm not, yeah, I, I yeah. don't really eat Gundry, but one of the things yeah. we, we brought him, I brought him up because rice, he doesn't eat rice. That's not his thing. He's like, you know, whenever I have people that I'm up with that are eating Gundry, they don't eat rice. They um, replace it with like other grains, like quinoa. Yeah. That's why quinoa, those things kind of were on the rise because yeah. people were yeah. trying to swap out rice for uh, a grain that yeah. was more easily digestible. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's all about gut health, his yeah. thing. It's like you have this gut symphony, That's big. That's symphony big. of, yeah, it's infl- It's a, when you eat, like, let's just say a tomato or beans or something, what it's doing is causing an inflammatory response too. Yeah. So it's like about all about lowering inflammation, improving the complexity of the gut bugs and the healthy gut bugs in your gut and um, eating in a way that, that supports that. So never eat yeah. sugar. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sugar's probably not <laughs> a fun fun dip. Not on his. <laughs> don't eat the fun dip. Don't eat the fun yeah. dip. Well, I love it. I'm gonna have to indulge in my chocolate every yeah. every once wow. in a while here. I think so. this was pretty fun, huh? This, this is was so great. great. I think this is a good camps. Camps. That was a great one. Yeah, we might have to just kind of keep coming back to yeah. it, you know, and hearing about <laughs> your your uh, cold turkey caffeine. Oh, you know, oh yeah. <laughs> well, would you say the the end result of all this is is you know camps in moder anything in moderation is probably you know i would say if you're doing anything any of these things chronically you should look at your life and see if there's any of these things including tobacco could be on the list as well um if you're doing any of these things chronically they're just not going to lead to good things right if you're drinking coffee every day not probably not a good thing if you're drinking alcohol every day or you know even a few drinks a week there's a lot of studies that say that that even that amount is just really not good for you. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're watching, you know, porn six times a week, probably not a good idea. If you're watching porn while you're driving down the highway, <laughs> then, uh, not, good. not a good yeah. idea. And marijuana, you're smoking every day. Not a good idea. It's yeah. just it, and, and I do agree with the whole emotional growth thing. I think that if you're smoking marijuana yeah. every day. There are things that you are not processing in your life that you really should. There, it is a bit of an escape, yeah. and it allows you to just kind of ignore yeah. some other kind of big important things, and it can really affect your sleep as well. Yeah. And then sugar, 
you're gonna you're gonna develop diabetes, man. If you're drink, yeah. if you're yeah. eating sugar we, we, yeah. every yeah. single day and stuff, I mean it's it's so prevalent in our society, and yeah. um, it's it's just something that is uh, it's it's really messed up actually. How many things just sugar and yeah. it's just cheap to produce. Yeah, it yeah. is. Well, it's and you know there's uh, we'll we'll get into it another time, but the things that are the are cheap to produce also could potentially be byproducts from other things that are produced like for instance you go to make corn and then like the husks that they had they were just throwing all that yeah. stuff away they're like what if we just like compressed the shit out of this stuff and made an oil and then there you go canola yeah. oil yeah so they figured out ways to sell their trash essentially yeah. in the form of something else and right. then that's how we end up a lot of the oils that we have these the oils that are really really bad for you um, that's how they came to be. Is it's it's their way of that's kind of an making money yeah. off of their trash, essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. capitalism, wow. capitalism, baby. But you know, people <laughs> like us, you know, you, you, you don't you don't have it without the checks and the the balances, right? Yeah. Like you got to have people that 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 question the system, question yeah. our what we're doing, and hold people accountable. Yeah. You know, hold companies accountable, educate the public about what it is that's going on. I mean. You can either be somebody that just, you know, goes along with all this stuff or somebody that speaks up and tries to make a difference. Yeah. And ask questions. And ask questions. As That's, you said. It all starts with questions. It does. It, it does. does. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Well, I think this is a great episode one. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, me as well. Incredible. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Hack, for engineering yeah. this episode. <laughs> You're the man and sitting through our uh, BS here. And Onyx, of course, the mascot. Yes. Thank you, Onyx. Um, we'll, we'll see you for episode two. Let's do it. There you go.